0: Welcome to Happy Trails, the podcast for trail riders. Episode 11, Riding in Oregon Hi there, and welcome. In case you're new to the podcast, I'm your host, Jessica Isbrecht. I travel the U.S. full-time with my partner and our horses. We've been trail riding all over, from New England to the Pacific South. We love exploring, and I'm always looking for new places to ride. Today's guest popped up when I was researching trails in Oregon. Kim McCarroll has written five guidebooks for riding in the Pacific Northwest. She also maintains a blog about her rides. I'm really excited to talk with her, but first I wanna tell you about my own personal experiences in Oregon this summer. We've been making a loop around the Western states following good weather for the last two years. We spend winters in the southwest and go north to the mountains in the summers. Visiting Oregon was on our list not only for the riding, but also for rock climbing. We spent most of this summer in Bozeman, Montana, and then began heading west at the end of August. We stopped in La Grande, Oregon first. It's a farming community nestled in a valley at the base of the Blue Mountains in the northeast corner of the state. We went there to attend an endurance ride. My horse Mackenzie's first 50 miler. When that was over, the endurance ride manager invited us to camp at her horse farm for a few weeks. During our stay, Laura and her husband Brent showed us around their local trails. They have a wonderful trail system accessible from their boarding and training facility. The well-traveled and signed trails wind their way through the Mount Emily recreation area. The trails climb through thick pine trees most of the way. Eventually, the trees thin out and you come to a lookout over the valley. It's pretty much all ascending or descending, so it's a great workout for endurance horses. Brent and Laura also took us to their favorite place in the area, Red's Horse Ranch. This is a historic hunting camp and guest ranch in the Eagle Cap Wilderness. It's so remote that the only way to access it is to hike, ride, or fly in. The historic barn, corrals, and cabins are located in a beautiful meadow complete with a grassy landing strip. We rode eight and a half miles down from the nearest trailhead, called Mossy Springs. The next closest trailhead is 65 miles away. I say we rode down because we did indeed go down. The trailhead itself is up on a mountain. It's quite a haul to get there. The dirt roads aren't bad, but they are steep and sustained. Our transmission started overheating near the top. So if you go, make sure you've got enough truck to make it. Mossy Springs is a large trailhead used by hikers and outfitters. There's plenty of trailer parking, as well as campsites, feed bunks, and hitching rails. From Mossy Springs, the trail immediately begins winding down the mountain along narrow and rocky trails. It levels out for a few miles before the steepest descent onto the valley floor. Most of the trail is shaded by pine trees, making it very pleasant in the late summer heat. Once in the valley, you pass through a gate, cross the airstrip, and arrive at the ranch. Upon arrival, we were greeted by the sight of a huge, rustic, western-style barn with attached corrals. Some of our group untacked their horses and turned them loose in the corral while we took a break to eat lunch and explore the area. Mackenzie doesn't play well with others, so Byron and I tied her and River hitching rail in a shady corner of the meadow. The ranch house was built in the early 1900s and functioned as a commercial hunting camp for most of the 20th century. It's now maintained by the Forest Service. If you're lucky enough to catch one of the volunteer caretakers during your visit, you'll be allowed to take a tour of the preserved interior of the main building. From the ranch we hiked a short way to a bridge spanning the Minam River, where we scanned the water for salmon but didn't spot any. We returned to the cabin and joined our group on the covered porch for lunch. After a nice rest, We all mounted up and headed down the valley to Minam Lodge, an off-grid resort. After a quick look around, we began the climb back to the trailhead. Twice that day, we passed long mule trains packing tourists and supplies back and forth between the lodge and the trailhead. As I mentioned, Mackenzie is not so great with strangers, and the trail is really narrow in most places. So pulling over to let these mules go by made the ride even more exciting than it already was. It was a long day, 19 miles, six and a half hours, and 3,700 feet of elevation gain and loss, but the experience was worth it. It was a very unique and interesting destination. I just wish we could have stayed a little bit longer. If we ever go back, we'll definitely pack our camping gear. Following this adventure, we packed up and hit the road for Cyrus Horse Camp in Redmond, Oregon. Our plan was to stay there for two weeks while scouting out other dispersed camping options in the vicinity. We wanted to spend the fall climbing at Smith Rock State Park, a world-renowned rock climbing area. Unfortunately, this coincided with the massive fires burning on the west coast. The Lion's Head fire was only 30 miles away and quickly growing in size. We were at Cyrus for only five days before the smoke became unbearable. We packed up again and made a run for City of Rocks in Elmo, Idaho. Even though that was a few hundred miles away, smoke was still blowing in from California, but the conditions were much, much healthier. We were saddened by the destruction caused by the fires and, of course, disappointed by having to flee. There are so many gorgeous trails to ride in the Cascades. So it's back to the drawing board. I'll continue researching trails and making plans for another day. My guest, Kim McCarroll, is here to help with that. She has been mapping and writing about trails and horse camps in the Pacific Northwest since 2002. Today, she's going to walk me through some of her favorite trails.
1: Oregon is really an interesting state. It has the cascade mountains divide it north and south and the west side of the cascades are very rainy and wet and it's characterized by lush forests lots of undergrowth um, and huge trees the east side of the of the mountains where I live is two-thirds of the state it's high desert so it's not the kind of desert like you have in arizona with cactuses it's the kind of desert that is just high desert so we have Um, junipers and bunch grass and um, bitter brush, and wide open vistas, great mountain views, and lots of great riding trails. So there's terrific riding on both sides of the Cascades. Uh, You just kind of get to pick um, what kind of riding you want and that determines where you go.
0: And you also have a long trail that runs through your area, the Metolius Windigo. Can you tell me more about that? Sure.
1: The Metoli's Windigo Trail is 150 miles long. It runs along the east slope of the Cascades and it was built specifically for equestrians to give us an option um, or an alternative rather to the Pacific Crest Trail. So it's lower elevation, than the PCT, it's closer to water sources and it has horse camps dotted all along it every 10 to 30 miles. So you have the ability to ride from one end of the trail, when we go to the other, by stopping at horse camps all along the way. Now, there's one horse camp that's missing down on the south end. Where you have to <laughs> you have to kind of finesse it and um, camp out. But otherwise, you just ride from horse camp to horse camp, and there's water waiting for you there. And um, you can have your friends move your trailer for you, or you can uh, just camp as you as you go.
0: Have you ridden the whole thing in one shot?
1: we didn't do it in one shot. We did it on, I I was doing it with friends who were still working at the time. So we did it in three, four day weekends and just rode it in sections, which worked out
0: beautifully. I've always been fascinated by the idea of riding a long trail like the Pacific Crest or something like that. And when I found your guidebook for Minotolius, I was very intrigued by the idea and I'm very excited to give it a shot one of these days. Uh, Since it didn't work out for me this year in 2020, I think I'll have to plan it for something (laughs) in the future.
1: Yeah, well, you know, the the beautiful thing about the Metolius Wendigo Trail is that it's, um, it's a great way to kind of figure out whether you like packing, uh, right, you know, whether doing long distance riding with a pack horse, or you can, uh, you can ultralight ride it, which is what we did. We just use the same kind of equipment as backpackers and put it on the back of our horse and away we went but because it's lower elevation you've got more water sources for your horse the pacific crest trail i have a friend who who rode it several years ago and it's a brute because a lot of times you have to ride off of the trail pretty far to get water for your horses so you're adding a lot of mileage to the pct um, and we've had so many problems with fires and um, late snows and stuff like that, that it's really challenging to ride PCTs from one end to the other. Metolius Windigo is a lot more user-friendly.
0: So I discovered you through your horse trail riding guidebooks. Can you tell me a bit about the books that you've written and how you decided to write guidebooks in the first place?
1: Sure. Well, let me start with why I started writing guidebooks. Um, my husband and I would um come over to our vacation house at Blackview um which is on the the dry side of the mountains and i'd call my riding friends and say okay where are we going to ride this weekend and we would look at the maps and you know talk about where we wanted to go and then i would once we figured out where we were going to go i would pull out all the maps and the um guidebooks that i could find to research how you get there, how long the trail is, what the terrain is like, and so forth. And I found there were lots of, you know, the hiking books were helpful, but they never really contained the information you want to know, like, can you turn your trailer around in the trailhead? <laughs> That's always a big one for me. Um, so I was always bellyaching to my husband about, why doesn't somebody write a guidebook about these fabulous trails we have here? This is insane. and he finally said well, why don't you write it i mean you're out there you're writing all the trails you're taking lots of photos while you're out there you know how to write why don't you just write the book yourself so that kind of planted the seeds and eventually i found a publisher and got started um now i self publish my books but i have uh, a book for central oregon which was my first one it was central oregon is Um, Absolutely, my favorite place to ride, and um, it's where I live now, so um, that was kind of a logical choice. And as I went out promoting the book, doing presentations for riding clubs and stuff, I had people that would say, Well, we have these fabulous trails here. Why don't you come over and ride them too? So I'd go and ride their trails, and pretty soon I had another book. (laughs) So um, at the moment, I have um, a book about Central Oregon, one about Northwestern Oregon, which is the west side of the Cascades uh from Eugene North. I have another one for Southern Oregon which is the western slope of the Cascades from Eugene South and one for Southwest Washington. So and then of course the Metolius Windigo Trail. We've got some amazing places to ride here in the Pacific Northwest and it's really been a lot of
0: fun to research them. Can you give me some of your your top destinations to ride?
1: Oh yeah well I don't have a favorite region but in each region i have favorite trails or um, favorite riding areas and of course since all of these areas lend themselves to day rides you can just if it's close to you you could just go there and ride um, if you are living far away a lot of them have camping areas nearby so you can just go and camp and then do day rides out of the horse camp so some of my favorites Um, In Northwest Oregon, a fabulous place to ride is at Silver Falls State Park, which is just outside of Salem. Uh, It's hard to single out any one ride there because they're all just terrific. They've got 20 miles of equestrian trails, um, mostly loops that range from 5 to 15 miles. The trails are easy to moderate, and you're riding among huge uh, Douglas fir trees with sword ferns and vine maples underneath. Uh, I have to tell you I when I rode there the first time I took some friends from central Oregon who had really never done any riding on the west side and we we're riding along and there are sword ferns that are almost as, as high as your horse's belly all, all along the trail and it's it's beautiful and my friend turned and looked at me as we were riding along and she said this is really weird I've never ridden among house plants before <laughs> <laughs> So um, a very lush undergrowth and very different from Central Oregon. Um, Another place that is amazing to ride is Gibson Prairie Horse Camp, which is on the east side of Mount Hood. So it's a little drier than you would get on the west side. Um, It's far enough away from the mountain that the terrain is um, pretty horse friendly. You don't have a lot of the um, rocky stuff and the steep drop-offs like you might if you were riding up on the mountain per se. Um, You're close enough that you've got great mountain views and you can literally see every crevasse that is in the glaciers on top of the mountain. Um, You can ride all the way along the top of the Surveyor Ridge, which has some really jaw-dropping views of Mount Hood. And um, you can ride a really cool network of horse and hiker trails that are down closer to the horse camp with lower elevation. Um, They have several loops there, 8 to 12 miles. and really pretty forest and the wildflowers will just knock your socks off in early summer so uh, pretty amazing riding there as well and in southern oregon um, probably my favorite ride is the mount Tielsen loop out of diamond lake and i'm going to digress for just a second and say that diamond lake is a terrific place to go if you want to go horse camping with your horse but you don't have a camper or a living quarters trailer and you really don't want to stay in a tent because there they have um, corrals at the Diamond Lake Resort uh, stables where they do dude rides but you can rent a corral from them and then stay at the resort a mile away in your in, a, in either a cabin or in their, in their lodge so you are still responsible for taking care of your horse but there's somebody there on site 24 hours a day so you don't necessarily have to be right there with them so that's a it's a great place to uh, get some experience with horse camping without necessarily having to sleep on the ground and mount Thielson loop is a fabulous loop that takes you up onto the shoulder of mount Thielson where you can see all of the cascades arrayed north of you and you can see the crater lake rim so pretty cool place And uh, Bullard's Beach State Park is another place in Central Oregon. that is near and dear to my heart. It's got trails on the beach and in the dunes. um, Tons of riding there. Um, In Southwest Washington there's a place called Keenest Horse Camp. It's kind of a challenge to get to. I think it's 20 miles on a dirt road to get there. (laughs) But oh boy, is it worth it. Um, It's on the north side of Mount Adams and There's a ton of riding there. You can ride to the top of Green Mountain where there's an old lookout. You can ride to Midway Meadows, which is a huge meadow out in the middle of the forest. Uh, But My favorite is the Killin Creek Muddy Meadows Loop, which goes uh, up toward Mount Adams. And you've got spectacular views of Mount Adams the whole way, plus a waterfall and lots of lakes and amazing wildflowers in season. Another great place in Southwest Washington is um, Sahara Creek Horse Camp, which has the Nicholson horse trails adjacent to it. It's 65 miles of horse trails. Bikes aren't allowed. It's just for horses and hikers. And um, the forest there is actively managed, which means that it gets logged from time to time. So some of the time you are riding in um, a clear cut, sometimes in old growth forest, and sometimes uh, among juvenile trees, Um, It's a beautiful horse camp and really nice place to stay and great riding as well. In central Oregon, I love the Newberry Crater area. There's a nice horse camp there called Chief Polina Horse Camp. and You're actually riding in a volcanic crater. Um, At the bottom of the crater, there are two big lakes and at the top of the crater, there is a trail that goes all the way around the top of the crater. It's 25 miles long. And then there are trails that go from the bottom of the crater, where the horse camp is, up to the rim. And you can, they go out like spokes on wheels. So you can make loops of various sizes depending on which spoke you take up to the rim. And amazing views of the Cascades from the top of the caldera. And another favorite place in Central Oregon is Quinn Meadow Horse Camp. Uh, I love the Sisters Mirror Lake loop that you can do from Quinn Meadow. Gwynn is one of the nicest horse camps in the state and um, it's one of the most popular in part because you can ride 11 different rides most of the loops from the horse camp. The one that I like probably the best is the Sisters Mirror Loop which goes up to Sisters Mirror Lake. Um, if you have a calm day without any wind you've got a nice reflection of South Sister in the lake. It's a beautiful ride through old growth hemlocks and um, lodgepole pine to get there. So a really
0: pretty place. Do you have certain areas you like visiting in the spring, the summer, the fall? Sure,
1: yeah, in in the summer you can ride everywhere. You can ride up in the high cascades in the wilderness, which is what we typically do because the season for wilderness riding is pretty short here. It's three months, maybe four if you're really lucky. the snow will be on the ground until early July and then it starts snowing again and typically in late October so um, not a lot of it's a very short season so in the summertime we tend to ride up high one of the reasons I live in Central Oregon is you can ride here year-round because the soil is volcanic ash um, that came out of the volcanoes that are what the Cascades are made up of so the footing is great it's very it drains very quickly so if it rained or snowed yesterday you still have good footing out there today because it's um, because it's so sandy so the low elevation rides are great in central oregon for winter Um, on the west side of the cascades you don't have as many options but um, there are typically i mean near every major city there are places where you can ride on gravel roads, or on trails that have been graveled to make them year-round. Spring and fall, you just kind of move up and down with the snow levels. Um, In the fall, any place where you've got autumn leaves is going to be great. Um, The Deschutes River Trail outside of Bend has spectacular autumn leaves, and there are trails uh, in the lower slopes of the Cascades where you've got aspens and um, big leaf maples that turn really spectacular
0: colors as well. That sounds really nice. What kind of wildlife do you see on the trails out there?
1: <laughs> well to be honest um, I think we must talk too much because we don't typically see a lot of wildlife. I mean I've seen elk and um, lots of deer, um, chipmunks and birds and that sort of thing. Um, uh, my friend got really really excited last year because or earlier this year I mean because we were um, riding out of Gibson Prairie Horse Camp and she saw a pileated woodpecker and she'd been looking for one of those for a long time. So, um, but, you know, I'll, I'll, and I've seen bear, um, but typically what you see of the bigger um, kinds of wildlife is their butts, <laughs> because they're just, they're, they're leaving town to get away from us. So I think we must just make too much noise because they just don't see that much.
0: Yeah, that's that's pretty typical. In uh, in all the travels I've done and riding in so many different states around the country, I've rarely seen many animals. <laughs> it's like yeah. I think the biggest concentration was the buffalo and uh, elk in South Dakota, and the rest of the time it's a deer here and a bird there. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, it's uh, yeah. I have um, new riders ask me all the time. Well. Aren't you afraid of the the bears and the cougars out there? I've ridden many times, you know, multiple times a week for many years and I've never seen a cougar. I'm pretty sure cougars have seen me as we're riding, but they tend to um, just give you a pass because um, obviously we're not, we're not their core, um, menu item, (laughs) but, and I have seen a couple of bears, but both of them high-tailed it out of there as soon as they heard us coming. Um, and nothing else out there eats people. So no, I'm not afraid to go out riding. I'm not afraid of the animals because they're typically more afraid of us than
0: we are of them. Are the trails in your area, when I say in your area, I mean the whole Pacific Northwest. Northwest that you cover in your guides um are they pretty consistently used by other riders and hikers or is it sparsely traveled country where you might have trouble seeing the trail and following the trail
1: i would have to say that it tends to be pretty busy the places that i have written about uh, tend to be close to population centers and those places tend to get a lot of use we have Lots of problems in Oregon with overuse, because we've just had an explosion of people interested in backpacking and hiking, and COVID hasn't helped that. Um, Everybody wants to get out and get out of the house with COVID, and hiking and backpacking is a nice, safe way to do that. Um, We also have a lot of challenges with mountain bikes, because the mountain bikers are allowed on all of the Trails that horses are allowed on—not all, but probably 95 percent of the horses of the trails that horses are allowed on. Bikes are also allowed on, and they don't always have enough um, line of sight for me you to know, be safe uh, encountering mountain bikes. So that's a constant challenge, and of course, mountain biking use has also exploded. So we we encounter a lot of mountain bikes on the trails. Um, and a lot of hikers and mountain bikes, or h- hikers and uh, backpackers. But that said, if you try, you can find trails that are not heavily used. And if you go in the off season or during the week, you get get far fewer people uh, out there. So, by you know, if you're looking for solitude, you can find it. You just have to, um, but you just have to look for it.
0: Do you know if the most recent fires have damaged sections of trail that you previously enjoyed?
1: Yes, they definitely have. The area in the uh, uh, Mackenzie River Basin and uh, the North Umpqua River Basin have been, both been really severely damaged by fires. So Sandy and Horse Camp, um, the trails there have sustained some damage. The Horse Camp itself was saved, which is great. Um, but there will be some damage on the trails Um, and the trails in the along the Mackenzie River uh, corridor are also um, pretty heavily damaged. The challenge that's associated with that is it you know in a normal year that you're going to have a few trees that blow down and you know block the trail so you have to get volunteers out to clear those trails because the Forest Service doesn't have any budget for doing that kind of work. So it's pretty much all done by volunteers. Uh, and so, you know, clearing 20 or 30 trails um, or 20 or 30 trees on a 10 mile stretch of trail is not that big of a deal. It's something that you can do during it in a day um, with a chainsaw or a crosscut saw if you're up in the wilderness. but it's a really big deal going through a burned area because the burned trees start snapping off about two years after the fire. And then you've got, instead of 20 or 30 trees in a, in a 10 mile stretch, you might have 40 or 50 trees in a one mile stretch. So clearing, keeping those clear, trails cleared is a nightmare after a fire. And that's gonna be our challenge for the next 25 or 30 years on these trails that have just burned.
0: Hmm. Do you have a local Backcountry Horseman chapter that does a lot of trail work?
1: We do. We have Backcountry Horseman chapters all over the state and we have Oregon Equestrian Trails chapters all over the state.
0: What else does Oregon Equestrian Trails do? Um,
1: basically the same um, mandate as Backcountry horsemen. They do two things. One is to do trail maintenance work and and volunteer on public lands, and two is to advocate for equestrian access to public lands. If folks don't feel like getting out and volunteering themselves, uh, because it is pretty hard physical work at times, even if they don't feel like doing that, we could sure use their support um, for these two organizations because they both do tremendous work, and it's work that... If you want a trail to get blocked to horses, the quickest way to do that is not to have the forest service or BLM make a decision that bans horses, it's to just not clear it. If you don't clear the trails, the horses can't get through. So the work that these volunteers do is really important. And if people don't want to support them by um, volunteering, please
0: send them money, then
1: they can hire help to uh, get these trails cleared.
0: Preserving access is really important, and everybody should do what they can to help. Absolutely. Where can people find you and your guidebooks?
1: My website is www.nwlikenorthwesthorsetrails.com, and I have books available for Northwest Oregon, Southern Oregon, Southwest Washington, Central Oregon, and the Metolius Windigo Trail. So. Uh, we can cover a a big swath of the Pacific Northwest and get you familiar with it.
0: Great. I hope to visit you soon, one day, uh, and I hope that other people listening will get the bug to travel to the Northwest and discover some of your beautiful trails.
1: It's a beautiful place, truly is. Thank you so much, Jessica.
0: Thank you. You can find more information about the trails I talked about at the beginning of the show by checking the show notes on RideClimb.com slash podcast. While you're there, take a look at the horse camp map that we've created. You can find it at RideClimb.com slash map. As always, you can connect with me on Facebook at RideClimb and Happy Trails Podcast or RideClimb on Instagram. That's it for today. Thanks so much for listening, and until next time, happy trails! The Happy Trails podcast was created and produced by me, Jessica Isbrecht. The show's music was written and performed by Jason Shaw.